Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Folks, looks like the sun's coming up this morning, and we have uh, the lovely Julia back here smiling, ready to go. And it looks like wide open phones. So give her a call. Number to call 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Yeah, if this little trough that we've got coming this week would have hit a month ago, uh, it would be chilly. It's going to be a little cool anyway. Hopefully it dumps some uh, some snow up north. Yeah, this is kind of a traditional weather pattern that we would have this time of year where it would just drop straight out of the north and over the land, which can be quite cold. And uh, I would not be surprised if the colder areas do get a little frost. So mindful of that point, you might be prepared to cover some things up in the colder areas. Anyway, happy Sunday. Beautiful morning out there. The sky's just kind of breaking. Sunrise is on the way. And uh, it's going to be a great day to be out in Arizona. You know, pretty much from southern to northern, all over the state, it's going to be a beautiful day today. Uh, getting ready, hopefully, for a big snowstorm up north. Not projected to be a whole lot, but you never know. Sometimes we get lucky. Anyway, the number to call, 602-277-5827. We can talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares, what to grow, how to grow it, and most importantly... If you have a different, you know, idea, something different you're doing at home. And we all know there's lots of styles to landscape. And we're here in the Sonoran Desert where, you know, traditionally we've been colder than we have the last few years. And uh, it's, you know, really a great place to, you know, grow subtropical, semi-tropical plants. And what's that mean? That means, you know, plants that can take it down maybe just a few degrees below freezing. And by covering and protecting, we can take some that will take a lot uh, colder than that. Also, the best time of year, absolutely the best time of year to taste citrus in Arizona. You know, now's the time whenever pretty much everything's ripe. We have a few things, not yet. You know, the grapefruit will get better. Um, you know, and some of the later mandarins are going to get better. But for navel oranges and tangelos and lemons and, uh, you know, most of those are all kind of peaking right about now. So if you want to get out and taste some of your neighbor's fruit, if you're thinking about planting citrus, I would certainly uh, taste them before you plant them. Not all varieties do real well here. You know, you can't really grow satsuma tangerine very effectively, and and there's some others that just don't do as well here. If you're going to plant a lime, you want to use a Mexican lime instead of a bear's lime uh, because they'll live much longer. And so there, there are some differences. And those nice little sumos in the store, you know, this isn't quite the, the you know, weather for them. Those in the gold nuggets, you'll get a little bit of a crop, but it's nothing like they can do in the coast in California. But there are wonderful varieties. You know, here, if you want, if you want to grow a navel orange, uh, you know, Caracara navel, Washington navel, Mineola tangelo, Orlando tangelos, and uh, probably a dozen different mandarins, uh, Algerian tangerines, a lot of things to grow here. Um, well, wake us up, start us off. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KT are. It is a gorgeous morning out there, and uh, it looks like we're going to get a little reprieve in fact, before the heat comes, and it was just fantastic the way it warmed up for the open, but uh, it's going to be a little colder this week. But that leaves you time. You know, if you've got your deciduous trees that haven't flowered out yet, things like a lot of the plums, and, and you, you, know, you might talk about uh, ashes and the elms and pistachios haven't really bloomed 
pecans won't do it for a while. But if you haven't done any pruning, you want to do some dormant pruning, now is a great time to do so. If you haven't pruned your roses yet, prune away. It's, it's a good time for that. You know, grapes as well. So a lot of things can be done there. Anyway, start us off. Give us a call, 602-277-5827. Give us some direction. There's a lot of different things we can talk about. You know, we have so many styles here from tropical plants that we grow, um, you know, and it's really gotten a lot more recently. Uh, a lot of plants areas around now. Um, orchid trees have gotten huge with the weather. And if you, if you notice them around town, they're the ones with the big pink flowers right now. The other orchids will bloom a little later. But, you know, a lot of uh, tropicals that just really are doing well here since we haven't had the hard freezes. You know, it's, you see more mangoes. You see, you know, healthy big papayas with fruit hanging on them. And, uh, you know, 15, 20 years ago, you never saw that. And it wasn't because people didn't try. It was just because it was a lot harder to keep them warm. It just seems like, you know, we had a lot more storms that were down in the 20s and and sometimes even into the teens around town. It's hard to imagine, but, you know, like at our nursery Glendale, you know, I've seen it 16 degrees before. Anyway, we'll take our first caller, Rob in North Phoenix. Good morning, Rob. Hello, Rob. Let's try. Let's see, Rob. Rob, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you now. Okay. Hey there, the citrus trees. When can I start to uh, uh, fertilize them? I still got a little bit of crop left on them. I want to just make sure I keep them, uh, keep the tree healthy after the, after uh, pulling the citrus out. Well, Rob, our traditional time to fertilize citrus is Valentine's Day, which is past. So, you know, the normal time to start to feed them. Are they old trees or young trees? Old, okay. So the regular schedule for old trees is the three holidays, Valentine's Day, Labor Day, Memorial Day. Okay, and that won't have any effect on the fruit or anything like that? No, no. You know, it, it's, a, it's a great time to fertilize the tree. You know, one of these days, pretty soon, we're going to get in that 70, 80-degree uh, weather, and they're going to bloom. But if you put it down now, if you use like a 16.84, for example, citrus fertilizer that's blended, it'll take it a week or two for the nitrogen to get in the ground. And by that time, it should be warm enough for them really to kick off and start to grow. And our best growing season for citrus, when they grow the most, is in the spring. And we don't want to uh, pull any of those uh, suckers off of uh, off of the uh, inside branches or anything like that. No, you want to, You absolutely do want to remove the suckers and things on the inside. If you want to do any pruning, you know, and really cut yes. trees back and change their size, now is the perfect time. So, like, we okay. get into our orchards and we come through on top and we side hedge and, you know, we have to do it mechanically because we just don't can't afford the labor to do it by hand on a big grove. But, uh, no, it's the perfect time to prune. Now, you know, if we we're going to have a hard freeze or something you might not but we might get a little frost but we're not going to have a hard freeze and it's the perfect time to prune because the days are short enough and the growing season is good enough that the trees will come back and put on foliage to protect themselves before it gets hot okay that's perfect i sure appreciate it thank you thanks rob have a nice weekend bye-bye uh let's see ted up in mayor good morning ted hello how you doing are you up there uh, the big bug creek huh I live in Chandler, but currently, this goes to show you how dedicated I am, mm-hmm. I am sitting on the side of a mountain overlooking a wash. I am currently heavily eaten hunting. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I, I am heavily eaten hunting out in the middle of the desert right now. Well, that that should be good, Ted. I sure hope you get one. <laughs> I do, too. You can't. It ain't looking good. But, I, but I'm getting cell service, and so I'm, I got your show on the radio. But I had a question. Mm-hmm. When I plant 
in I live in Chandler. Uh-huh. I'm planting trees and some citrus, and I and I got some pretty hard soil there. And I hear you talk about putting gypsum to help break up the soil or make it looser. Are you talking about adding the gypsum? on the top layer after I planted the tree or mixing it in with the soil before I plant the tree? You could you could put it under, you could mix it in, and you could put it on top. It'll The water will carry gypsum down through it. And if it's especially yeah. hard, Ed, Ted, what you might do too is at the bottom of the hole, you know how your drains get plugged up when you buy drain cleaner? You know, that's sulfuric yeah. acid. You can, when you dig the hole, if you want to, you could take and pour some of the acid through the bottom, and that might help your percolation some too. Okay. And how often should I reapply it to make sure it doesn't take back up? Well, you know, if you apply some organic material when you're planting something new and mix it in, uh, that will help. And if you're in real heavy clay, you could even mix in a little bit of sand or granite, you know, into your mix around to keep the percolation open a little bit more. Yes, that's what I'm I'm mixing in, some of that uh, sand that they use for laying bricks. Mm-hmm. Just regular mortar Yep. That would be good a stuff. Paper, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you, but okay, as, far, as far as gypsum, you know, you know, probably an application once a year would be in order. Once a year? Great. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll do that. All right. Well, I, 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 I wish you, you, could, you could be drawn for down at our farms. We, I know where a lot of javelinas are, but, uh, you know, there, there's, if there's an open archery tag later on, give me a call. <laughs> I sure will. Where's that at? Well, uh, I'm not going to tell yeah. anybody on the air. There's a lot of people listening to it. <laughs> okay. I think I got but, an idea. Uh, yeah, but they could, they could be kind of a nuisance around our farm. So we, we enjoy people eating them. <laughs> I do, too. Thank you. Thanks, Ted. Good luck. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Rob and Phoenix. But first, we're going to take a short break. The number to call during the break, 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. They took the whole Cherokee Nation Put us on this reservation Red man, 
deep inside. Well, welcome back, folks, to this beautiful uh, sunrise out there. We do have some lines open. Uh, give Julia a call. The number to call is 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Uh, Rob in Phoenix, good morning. Hey, good morning. Just uh, waiting to tee off. I enjoy your show. Hey, i got a question for you, um, and believe it or not, um, I think I've killed a Bougainvillea. Is that even possible? <laughs> well, it's not easy if it's established. <laughs> yeah, it's about a year old, and I noticed that after, you remember when we had that frost and the like, kind of high winds, mm-hmm. it lost all of its leaves, and it's very gray in color. It's probably about a year old. Well, Is it possible I'm giving it too much water as well? Well, you don't really want to give it much of anything right now, but you you may even cover it still if it's going to be real cold this week. Um, you know, in the yeah. colder areas, we have a chance for a frost. And we did have one pretty good frost in some of the colder parts of the yeah. valley. But chances are, somewhere down below, somewhere deep in its wood, in its little cold heart, a few inches from the ground, it'll be beating down there. There'll be some life and green, so it'll probably That's come back. That's what I thought. <laughs> it'll probably come yeah. back. Hey, is it also too late to uh, plant rose a rose bush? No, you can actually plant rose bushes here year round if you like. Uh, now's a great time okay, to plant. Cool. Yeah, I thought it was like January, so I'm okay now. To oh, ab- absolutely! Now. If you plant them in April, you're still fine. Okay, cool. Well, hey, thanks a lot. Well, have have fun. Day. Good luck. Shoot, you know, break par. You have a good day. <laughs> yeah, my age would be good. <laughs> yeah, that would. Well, my age would be fantastic. Breaking a hundred for me would be excellent. Hey, have a good day. Yeah, yeah, sixty would be all right. <laughs> I'll see you. Thanks, Rob. Bye bye. All right, let's see. Next, we've got Mar- uh, Marge and Whitman. After Marge and Whitman, we've got uh, several open lines here. Give Julia a call six zero two two seven seven five eight two seven two seven seven. KTAR, good morning, Marge. Oh, hi, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. I um, have a problem that we have some mesquite trees planted kind of uh, along a rock uh, riverway or where the water drains. Mm-hmm. And um, I have two of them. They're about 20 years old. Um Two of them seem like the bark is getting black and peeling off, and I wondered if that's some kind of a beetle or something. Yes, Marge, that's probably exactly what it is, and it probably actually occurred uh, two years ago in August, not last August, but the August before. When we had oh. that month where it was 110, 115 every day with zero humidity. and yes. um, But, you know, most often the uh, mesquites will you know, recover. Is the wood green above where the black portion of the, the wood and bark is? Is it green, did you say? Uh, uh, yes, on top, uh-huh. Um, I believe so. It looks like the branches. I didn't see it myself. Uh, my neighbor lady told me about it. She had one like that and she lost it um so i was trying to well if if it's if it's green up above okay if the Uh wood up on the top is green this time of year it can be bare just from the winter season but if the wood's green and alive up on top it may come back on its own or what you can do is you can go out and just cut it off to where that black is and uh you know just cut it down take the black off and go barbecue with it it's great barbecue wood and then let it come back up from the roots this spring and it'll come oh. back with a vengeance. Do you water those trees at all, Marge, or not? Uh, yes. Okay. So but I don't think we've been watering them as, as much, you know, because of the weather. Well, this past summer, they didn't really need any water. But the summer oh. before, 
um, you know, when we had that month with, you know, all the heat and no humidity and no rain, uh, they needed a lot more water. And they basically took everything out of the ground they could, and they ran out. And their defense against these, you know, borers and insects is to drown them in sap. So when the tree's big and it's weak, and it, it can't push up enough sap because it doesn't have any moisture. That's when the oh. boars come in and eat the trunks and, and, and win. And if you hike around the deserts in Arizona, you'll find lots of uh, mesquites and some palaverdes and ironwoods even that have succumbed to boars and then regenerated. So while they oftentimes can kill a big portion of the tree, very it's very infrequent for the uh, boars to actually be lethal. So it'll probably come back out, but to make it, you know, to help it come back better, if you would cut it off, and then like in March, April, all the way through the summer, if you would just water it once every, you know, two three weeks, and fertilize a little bit, it'll come back really fast. But to cut it off, that would be cutting off the whole top. Or? Well, but it can grow a new top. Okay, if the roots survive, if the roots and the wood below yeah, are alive. Yeah, the roots seem fine. Well, if the roots are alive and healthy, and if you water it and push it this summer, it can grow back 15 feet in one year. Uh, okay. Should I water with the hose and sprinkle it? leaves and stuff? Well, you don't need to sprinkle the leaves or anything, and it's probably not too important to water it right now, but when whenever it gets to be growing season here, like in April, you know, the easiest huh. way to water a tree like that if it doesn't have a well, is just to get one of those little round single sprinklers and just put it underneath the tree and run it slow and run it overnight, and if you do that like once a month, uh, it, it'll come back and grow much, much faster. Then if it's really hot and if it you know wakes up and starts to grow pretty well, you know, June, July, August, September. Then, if you'd want to really push it to, that for this year, you know, you could water it once a week, and you could throw some fertilizer on it, and that's how you get you know fifteen foot out of an old mesquite in one year. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, one other problem: I'm having trouble with my weeds in the backyard, and it's quite quite a large area. They're up by the you know, concrete wall, mm-hmm. and um, they're getting to be almost knee-high. Well, you ought to get and you a goat. Wondered, huh? Go get a goat. Is your was your yard fenced? Yes, it's fenced. Yeah, well, do you have flowers and ornamental plants back there or, or not? Well, uh, yes, we have some trees. Well, then the goat won't do such a good job. But, uh, you know, realistically, uh, what what you need to do is you need to get those weeds cleaned out right now, and you need to come back and spray a pre-emergent, and the pre-emergent will keep the the spring weeds from regerminating. Now is the perfect time to spray, but I don't know how you're going to get the weeds out before it rains. But, you know, if you could put a pre-emergent down before it rains, if it rains this week, that's kind of ideal because it takes the water to activate the pre-emergent. I don't know how you're going to get the weeds out before, you know. Before oh, you have to get the weeds out first? You really want to get then... the weeds out first, yes. Because oh. if you break while you're pulling weeds and cutting weeds, if you break the soil barrier, then the pre-emergent doesn't work. Then it doesn't what? Work. Oh, really? Yeah. So it um, has to go down, and then you don't break the surface, and that's how a pre-emergent works. Oh, dear. Um, if I mowed them off, mm-hmm. somehow would that work? Well, if you mowed them and sprayed them. You know, but you'd have to, you could mow them and you could spray them to kill them and put a pre-emergent down. But just mowing them won't kill them. No. So you, oh, you need to, you need to um, spray them and kill them. What I'm worried about, we do have some pets and things that, mm-hmm. you know, little animals out in the backyard. 
and it was afraid of uh, poisoning them. Well, and it depends on you know what kind of animals are. If they're going to eat the weeds and that kind of thing, or if you can keep them fenced away, or what you're doing that way, you know, because you know some of the you know sprays will be toxic to them, but not you know not so much. And if you follow the labels, you know whatever you're going to use, just make sure you read the label. And and realistically, if when you're going to use any of these herbicides, I would recommend a contact herbicide like a Roundup, or you could use like a 2,4-D, like a Weed Be Gone, and then uh, a pre-emergent. The problem with a lot of these uh, chemicals that are now coming out. They're supposed to last three months or six months or a year. Is they're toxic to the soil and will be toxic to your plants that are planted? Oh. Hmm. All right. I... <laughs> no, All right. That's I'll how it is, Marge. <laughs> that's the report from Sunny Slope this morning. It's a you know it's a pretty day out here though. That that sun's broken over the mountain. We got sunrise on the mountains here in Sunny Slope, and uh, about as pretty as it gets. Marge, well, go, go out and enjoy your day, and good luck. And, uh, All you know. right. Thank you, Brian. But remember next year that the, when the weed's one inch tall, it's a lot easier to kill than when it's three feet. Okay. All right. Thanks, Marge. Thanks for your help. Bye-bye. Well, it looks like John Roller slid in over here. We're gonna, we're hey, gonna... good job playing a little Paul Revere and the Raiders this morning. Boy, that took me back. Yeah, that's uh, probably 70 or 72 oh, or Oh, maybe late like that. 60s, about 70. Yeah, I was in there. Miami, WQAM. I was a little kid, but that was one of my favorite songs. So good job. <laughs> well, we're going to turn it over to John. While we're gone, you can give uh, Julia a call. Number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. your eye like a bigger pizza pie that's amore when the world seems to shine like you've had too much wine that's amore bells will ring tingle-ling-a-ling tingle-ling-a-ling and you'll sing Vita Bella Hearts will play tippy tippy tay tippy tippy tay like a guitar and When the stars make you drool, just like a pasta fazool, that's amore. When you dance down the street with a cloud at your feet, you're in love. When you walk in a dream, but you know you're not dreaming, Signore. Excuse me, but you see, back in old Napoli, that's more. Well, welcome. <laughs> hey, I've got, uh, we've got a, a singers in here, you know, Julia's back singing. You should see her dancing around the studio, you know. She's a New York girl. Maybe they go out in the streets and have the Italian fest there. I don't know. Anyway, welcome back to the Whitfield Hershey Garden Show. We've got Paul and then Paul. We're going to take Paul and Scottsdale first because he's been on longest. Then we got Paul and Belize. And then we have wide open lines. The number to call after Paul and Paul, 602-277-5827. And if you call Julia, maybe it'll slow her dancing down in the back a little bit. I don't know. Uh, Paul and Scottsdale, good morning. Hey, good morning, Brian. 
Hey, I uh, live in a condo, so whole, my whole garden's been in boxes for the past few years. And I've had a lot of success, but this fall I had tried some yellow beans, mm-hmm. and they started out real well, and then they caught some kind of blight. So I wanted to try, I love beans, so okay. I wanted to try some beans again. What's a good container bean for this area? Well, the, the black-eyed peas is what my friend Bobby always grew. But you can grow, you know, any one of the fast, you know, quick uh, green beans will all be fine. And you, you know, yeah. you've got to watch the frost right now planting them. And then if you're going to plant them from, you know, seed probably sometime in the next 10 days, it'd be great to plant them. Or if you want to start them indoors today, you could. Yeah, okay. Well, that's what I do with the other ones. I started them indoors and replanted them. And I started getting a lot of beans, and then they caught some type of blight and I had to pull them out. So. Well, they they can have fungus and different things like that. And, you know, the, the problem is when they collapse, it's just boom, and the whole plant collapses. But, uh, you know, yeah. really the little bush beans, you know, varieties are probably the easiest. And there's sugar snaps and all different kinds. It's just a matter of what you like to do. All right. Thanks, Brian. Good luck. Bye-bye. Uh, Paul down in Belize. Hello, Paul. Hi, Brian. Um, so I, I called you last week about my kumquat tree, and now I'm here in Belize. And I was listening to the weather back there, and I heard the dreaded F word is about to happen later in the week. And with, I, I don't want to bother my neighbors to go over the, to my house uh, in Avondale and, and cover all the, the kumquat trees and all the rest of the stuff. So uh, how devastating will the freeze be to a kumquat tree? It's not going to hurt a kumquat tree. Paul, the nice part about kumquat trees is the most frost-hardy of all citrus, just about. So Really? Yeah, so a kumquat tree, you would to hurt, really hurt the tree. Even on a young baby, one wouldn't have to be in the low 20s for several hours, and there's not a chance we're going to stay that cold. You know, we might have a little frost. Yeah, I think, I think you told me this one was about seven or eight uh, years old um, when I bought it. So uh, the most what happened is I, I might lose some fruit then. You, yeah, I don't, you, I don't, you, you probably won't lose the fruit. Kumquats, like I said, they're just far hardier. Kumquats and mandarins, you know, or, or the smaller orange fruits tend to be the toughest. And Okay, uh, so I should ask them to definitely cover the tomatoes um, and some of the other Plants if you're if you're in a colder area and you have tomatoes, that would be great to cover. Um, okay, you know tomatoes are really frost tender. All right. Well, I hope next week when I get back from Belize, everything will still be there. Thanks well, so much. you know Enjoy what? Hey, you got to go to Belize. You know, if you have to replant a garden. I mean, I were right in the middle of citrus season, but I love to fish. I love the ocean. I've never been to Belize. Been to Panama once, and uh, I wish I was there. Do you dive and fish, or just hang out and enjoy the temperature? Oh, no, no. It's the second largest reef in the world. So uh, we got here last night, and then today I'm going to go uh, snorkeling and uh, and uh, Shark Alley, they, they call it. So feed the sharks. That'll be fun. <laughs> Maybe I don't have to worry about kumquats in the tree. I'll be the food. <laughs> See, they don't tell the tourists that Shark Alley means that you're the food for the shark. <laughs> well, there's probably not too many big tiger sharks there. You know, those. some of them do have a bad attitude, though, here and there. <laughs> but have fun. Well, that's the thing. They, they don't know that if they're having a bad day, they're supposed to leave us alone. Leave the, <laughs> leave the humans alone. Just go enjoy the kumquats. <laughs> well, you go enjoy the reef. It sounds like a lot of fun, Paul. Thanks, Brian. Talk uh, to you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Judy up in Wickenburg. But after Judy, we've got three open lines. The number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Good morning, Judy. Good morning, Brian. I have a I have a couple of Arizona ash, and mm-hmm. usually by now I have some kind of leaves, but I don't have any leaves yet. Is that a 
is that a problem or is this no it's just it's just kind of our delayed you know reactions kind of year we didn't really have enough frost so they dropped their you know leaves a little later and uh mine dropped them in october so well then it's not a then it could be a shamble ash or different kind of did it relief out back in the fall did it what did it leaf out in the fall did it have leaves? Oh in yeah, December? I had. It was gorgeous. I had no in December leaves. though. After you say it dropped the leaves in October, did it have leaves on it in December? No, no, no. Okay, so it's really natural for it to drop the leaves in October, and I, right. I might be a little fearful of the fact that if you use any kind of a you know herbicide or chemical, you might have killed it. No, I, my uh, weed guy's pretty pretty good about that. Uh, okay, well, there's no reason for it to shed its leaves in October. Yeah, see, because it usually it usually starts in October every year, and then it's funny because the one tree loses its leaves for two weeks, and then the other one loses it the next two weeks. So they don't lose them together. So they're yeah, if they're just seedling Arizona ash. There's a lot of generic variation, so that that can happen. October though is pretty early, unless you're like in the bottom of a ravine and you had a frost in October, which would be unusual. Mm, no, I'm, I'm in Wickenburg, but I went right. Almost, well, I'm out closer to going towards. Uh, Gila, but mm-hmm. it. Uh, I mean, this is the first year I haven't had uh, uh, leaves by now. Because usually I have leaves early. Yeah, well, it's, it sounds more like a, a seedling shamel ash than a. Um you know, Fantex or Arizona ash, but um, it, it's unusual. I mean, for the rises that drop leaves early, they usually relief back even in December sometimes. They usually only bear for a few weeks if it's a shamel ash and if it's an yeah, Arizona well, I ash. I haven't watered them. I usually water them, but I watered them the other day. I watered them, for, well, I soaked them for all night because they hadn't watered them since the last time we had rain, and we don't get rain too often. I'm no, sure. we don't get rain anywhere too it often. It goes around us. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny. <laughs> give them water. You know, spring's coming. It's too cool right this week for them to butt out. I wouldn't expect anything this week, but, you know, uh-huh. see when if it hits 80 again in a week or so, what happens? But most, most of the ashes on the Arizona ash varieties don't leaf out for another, you know, few weeks. But the uh, shamel ash varieties usually do. But it would be unusual for the Arizona ash varieties to lose their leaves much before Christmas. Huh. Okay. Well, well good luck, I guess, Judy. I wish I had a better answer. There's a lot of different kinds of I do ashes. Too, they're, but, uh, they're 14 years old, and I, I don't want to lose them now. <laughs> yeah. I would check, though, on the herbicides that were used around them, because to me it's, it's odd that they would drop leaves that early. Okay, but, but see, I didn't have the I didn't have the, the thing done until January. I had, they they sprayed by weeds in January. Okay, so. so that wouldn't have affected them dropping. No, it wouldn't affect them. And uh, but I'll just have to wait and see. Well, uh, good luck on it because, like you say, you have a lot of time invested. Yeah, I'm going to got a frost coming, I guess, too, next week. So, well, maybe, maybe not. We don't know about yeah. actually get yeah, cold enough right. to freeze. Probably, probably, pro- probably it. not going. Well, it's not going to. It's coming down from the north. So the storm that we have coming right now had it been here a month ago would be quite cold, and uh, because of the weather pattern, direction it's coming from. But you uh-huh. know, we don't know how cold it's going to be exactly. But it's late enough of the season. I, I doubt it'll be below zero anyway. Oh, okay. Great. <laughs> Zero centigrade, that is. Bye-bye. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Uh, let's see. Karen and Cassegrande's up next. And after Karen, it could be you. We've got open lines here. The number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, Brian. Um, I bought a, a little bare root dwarf bonanza. Mm-hmm. Each tree? 
and the <laughs> roots are too long to fit in the pot that I have for it. Can I trim off the tap roots? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it won't hurt at all. How, how large a container are you going to put it in, Karen? Uh, about uh, 10 gallon. Okay, then that would be fine. And if you're going to keep it in the container for a long time, what I would do is instead of using straight potting soil, I would mix it with about 50% uh, topsoil or just you know, like a sandy loam type dirt so that it would retain more moisture and, and not shrink and be easier and less fertilizer. Should I use some native soil, mix a little native soil That's in there I mean. also? That's what I mean, native soil, but about 50%, yeah. Okay. Okay, and, and then I have a little fig, a little purple. Uh, I guess they're called purple fig tree. I bought that also, mm-hmm. and I'm going to put that right in the ground. Do I need to fertilize that right away or wait? Well, it would it would help. I mean, you know, anytime you're going to plant a new bare root tree, if you'll add some bone meal or super treble phosphate, that really helps them to get started rooting. You know, gives them more to start with than rooting, and uh, is a good thing. And then after they get leafed out, you know, moderately, then if you could use a slow-release fertilizer on it, would be great. And if you just have one little plant, I would probably invest in some osmocote, which lasts for 90 days. And uh, you could put the osmocote in there after you plant, after it starts to leaf out. Or you could actually even put it in when you plant it. It's not going to release that much. And it'll last for 90 days and really help them get a good start. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks, Karen. Bye-bye. Oh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with Michael and Phoenix, and then we have three open lines. The number to call is 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. Folks, to this beautiful Sunday morning, I want to take a minute and invite you out to Whitfields. It's a great day to come see us at the nursery. The weather couldn't be prettier. Now, we might be careful about planting some tomatoes this, you know, to air tomorrow, but great time of year to plant trees from you know, citrus trees to shade trees, to desert trees to palms, whatever you enjoy. Now is a good time to plant. And at Whitfields, we'll do the digging for you. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale. We're in the East Fowler at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley in Guadalupe, or 2647 East Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. And Monday through Saturdays, you can see us at our big tree farm in Stanville. That's on Stanfield Road, about a mile south of Interstate 8. We deliver plant and guarantee. We're licensed, bonded, and insured. We grow trees from 15 gallon to 72 inch box some of our trees are 30 40 50 years old or more and uh, we'll do the digging we'll do the planting if you like no jobs too big none's too small if you need a big row of fruitless olives for your commercial project or perhaps a row of some really cool lemons that don't fruit very heavy but big form we've got those but uh, palm trees date palms california fans mexican fans if you want that tropical
tropical look at home. We have mule palms, but just come out and see us. Uh, once again, open Monday through Saturday, 8 to 5.30, Sundays, 10 to 4, Whitfield Nurseries, since, well, for four generations, growing trees here for Arizona's future. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have, uh, i got to get the right order here, uh, Michael in Phoenix, I think. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, sir. Yes. Hey, I wanted to ask you about artichokes. I don't think I've ever really heard it um, come up on your show, and uh, I've been listening quite a long time. Um, I wanted some advice or whatnot. You said, it seems like year after year I start off with seeds. I get about a foot, maybe a foot tall, and, of course, the warm weather comes in, and then they just topple right over. Is there a different, is there, is well, that a different it, variety when you buy them grown already? You know, already yeah, started with sets. Yeah, we've always uh, never really sold much artichoke seed, always from sets or starts. And uh, you can buy them anywhere from a four inch to a gallon plant. You can buy a pretty nice size artichoke if you want to. And uh, yeah. what, you know, and, th- and they'll come back year after year. So they're, they're not, you know, an annual. So that's the nice mm-hmm. part about artichokes. And they'll die back in the wintertime and then come back up in the spring from the, from the roots. So um, I think it's well worth investing in starts for plants. Plants for artichokes. Okay, you know, and they're yeah. they're about- absolutely beautiful. You know, and even even when they're up in the summertime, even if you're not going to harvest all the artichokes, just the flowers on them are beautiful. The flowers are just uh, unbelievably just beautiful. It's they just really are amazing. Yeah. So as far as taking care of them, as far as putting them in the yard and and nutrient them, what 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 do you advise? Well, planting it on is probably the best is up against the house on a southern exposure, eastern exposure. They won't really work very well on the west side of a wall. But aside that, yeah. most exposures, and they need some sun, so that's why the south and the east work well. And just a moderate yeah. you know, amount of flowers, I mean fertilizer. If you would take as good a care of a, a artichoke as you do a tomato, for example, they'll do fantastic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's probably what I'm going to do then. I'll probably just end up buying one that's already started. Come out and see you. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Michael. Okay, Have a nice thanks. weekend. Thanks, Bye. 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 Uh, Dennis and Glendale. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning, Brian. I have a question on uh, sunflower plants and uh, watermelon plants. Are they available yet, just the actual plants, not the seeds? Well, um, yes, there might be some sunflowers. I tell you, the watermelons, though, it would be the perfect time if you wanted to start your own from seed and uh, plant them and get them going right now. The difference between a watermelon plant that you buy, you know, in the in the store, like a little, you know, four-inch pot, and uh-huh. the seed is about two to three weeks. And if you'd plant the seeds this weekend, you know, you'll catch that season, and it's going to be cold next week anyway. You can get them germinated indoors, you know, in just a, a day or two. They'll come up really fast. And okay. It's worth, it's worth just plant, starting them from seed yourself. Okay, that sounds good. Um, but the the sunflowers are available, though. The sunflowers are available. I'm not sure what they have in stock this week. We open at ten o'clock. But if okay. you call our store over on Glendale Avenue after ten, you can find out what they have available in sunflowers today. We're good. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Dennis. Bye bye. Okay. Oh, that leaves us with a couple open lines, folks. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTR. Elaine and Peoria, good morning. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. Uh, happy Sunday. To you, um, too. We're having trouble, and we've never had trouble with our sisal trees. All, su- all of a sudden, they're leaving, losing leaves mm-hmm. and looking really awful. Well, the reason uh, that happened, water, Elaine, um, what, happen, what happens about, in, in some of the colder areas, okay, about two weeks ago, we had a frost. And when we have a frost, sissu trees can actually go completely dormant. Now, you know, not, not that it wasn't cold enough all over town to knock the leaves off them. And, uh, 
you know, if you have some leaves still left, it was barely cold enough to make yours drop. But uh, it's just the weather. So I wouldn't be, you know, overly concerned with Sisuza Lane. Um, if you want them to grow faster, uh, you could fertilize them. And I'd fertilize them in about two, three weeks and just deep water them. But the real trick with growing Sisus is you want to make sure you deep water them and then let them dry out. Are they near lawn or rock or what, what's around them? Well, we're at the foot of a mountain, and so they're in the they're in uh, kind of a little bit of both. <laughs> okay, but are they? Do you have a lawn there where they're at? No. Okay, so you're not growing grass. That's that's great. Does the does the water drain pretty fast when you water them? Yes. Okay, that's good as well. So, and we're watering them once a month. Okay. Once a month for four hours. Well, you can go a little more than that, Elaine. They'll survive it once a month. But uh, if you want them to grow fast, I would water them once every two weeks. And I would fertilize them, uh, especially with the rockier soil. And I would I would fertilize them, you know, pretty much in about two weeks. It's, it's a little cool for them to grow now. But if you'll fertilize them in about two weeks, if you'll water them once every two weeks, uh, stand back. They'll grow a lot faster and, and get bigger. How long do we water them then? Well, you know, in rocky soil where it's going down fast, three or four hours, it kind of depends on how, much, how you're delivering the water, how much you're putting on at a time. How large in diameter are the trunks of the trees? Uh, probably about six, seven inches. Okay. So you'd want to give them about probably 100 gallons of water once every two weeks if you want them to grow fast. 100 gallons of water every two weeks. Okay. Yeah. So you can see how you're, you know, you could take your little emitters out or whatever you're doing to see how long it takes to get about 100 gallons of water, but about 100 gallons once every two weeks. Okay. I have one more question. I know I'm taking up probably more time than I should. Um, we have honeysuckles, and one of our friends uses the uh, fertilizers that, you know, put the, that fertilize, fertilize, you know, constantly or whatever. Hun injector system, right. Pardon? You mean like a fertilizer injector system, uh huh? Where it gets blended with the water? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what kind of fertilizer do I use? What do I buy for those to put well, into the it, ground? It, it, and can it, it, I use them for everything? Well, if you if you have the fertilizer injector system, it usually ties into your irrigation, so that when you water, it takes fertilizer and goes out through your whole system. And those can be very efficient. Some are set up to use liquid fertilizers and some use tablets. So you just have to buy the fertilizer in accordance with the system that you have. But those do work very well. And if you want to just go yeah. around and hand feed, you know, if you don't have a system like that, what I would recommend is just an all-purpose balance. But like a citrus food is really good, like a 1684, especially like an Organopro type, because it also contains uh, sulfur and iron and all the all the minor ingredients, the zinc, the magnesium, and all those things. So anyone, when you buy a fertilizer, if you buy a balanced fertilizer, like a 101010 or 202020, or like a citrus food, uh, that'll work very well. Okay. You have a great day. You too. Thanks, Elaine. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Oh, let's see. Julia, uh, I forgot what time we go out. Just got to help me out here. All righty. So we got another caller. Next up we've got, uh, looks like Jeff and Goodyear. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Brian. I'm, I call you a lot. I'm probably getting to be a pain in your butt. I got two questions if you got a minute. I'll tell you, um, the, key, the key is there, Jeff, to not be a pain in the butt. The beginning of the hour when we don't have many callers is the perfect time to call. <laughs> all right. Well, good good deal. So 
so last year I put in, I have a small grass area for my dogs. I put in some, uh, oh, what is that crazy Bermuda called? Um, oh, Tiff Way, Tiff oh. Green, Bob Sod, um, Easy Turf. No it's, no, it's one of the weird ones. I, iron... Mid-iron. Mid-iron. There we oh, go. That, that's not a weird. That's not too weird. That's probably the most common sod around town. <laughs> well, it's very. It, you know, it turned out to be very, very thin. It really never took off. It's only basically it's, a, it's just less than two hundred square feet. It's just a small, is small it, little. Is it shady where you have it, Jeff? No, it's on the west side of my house. Okay. Uh, again, yeah. I'm in good year two story here, home. Here's what I would do. I would take it out. And put in some, if you want something that's going to be thicker and denser, put in some Tiffway 419. Okay. That's okay. exactly what I was looking for was just something very specific that's just going to go like nobody's business. Well, it's it's denser. It's what they use for a lot of sports fields. It's a finer blade. It's a denser grass. You know, mid-iron will be the thinnest, and Tiffway 419 will be the th- one of the thickest. Okay. And... Is that something I can order locally? Or oh, do, yeah. What yeah do I pretty pretty much uh, the sod companies around town all grow it. It's no not patented or anything. And it's a really good do, sod that's very universal. And do I have to change to a real-type mower, or can I still use Absolutely my bottom? Absolutely not. Mower? You can still use your regular mower, and that little 200 square feet won't be a problem. won't cost much, and you'll, you'll be a lot happier. Tiffway 419. Tiffway 419. All right, and sisso <laughs> trees. We have a we have an HOA here. We're required to have a tree mm-hmm. in this little section between our city sidewalks. And okay, our city you just told trees. me it's a little section. That means the sisso is going to be a monster, Jeff. I've got a hard break and I got to go. But what I would look for is a, a tree that's going to be a lot smaller and something to maintain. You could put a live oak in there and maintain it and keep it small, and it would be a nice canopy, you know, evergreen tree that would work. You could use a fruitless olive would be a good tree, but I wouldn't recommend a sisu for a small area. Thanks for the call and have a nice weekend. We'll be right back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show here on ninety-two point three FM. KTAR.